As we know, the country's in the midst of an epidemic unlike any in recent history. The crisis has continued to evolve, and the challenges that we face have continued to evolve along with it. The first wave of this crisis began in the 1990s with the overprescribing of pain medications. In 2018, there were 67,367 overdose deaths in the United States. 67,367. According to the Department of State and National Archives, the total combined deaths from the wars in Vietnam and Afghanistan were just over 65,000 people. And the 2018 numbers were down from the high in 2017 of just over 70,000 overdose deaths. Thanks to tireless reporting from journalists and books such as Painkiller or Dreamland, it's clear that opioids are making their way into communities regardless of affluence, opportunities, race, religion, or really any other factor. And despite what perceptions might exist around users, many started their relationship with opioids in a pretty innocuous way, through a medical professional. For too many fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, friends, and neighbors, a simple medical procedure or a persistent pain issue led to a habit that resulted in hundreds of thousands of people dying prematurely in the last 20 years. This season is meant to explore the history of opium to help provide some context around our long-standing and complex relationship with opioids to better understand what potential solutions might be. Welcome to the introductory episode of the History of Drugs in Society podcast, where we explore the history of different substances and how we've lived alongside and interacted with them. I'm your host, Eugene Leventhal, and this season we're covering the history of opium. I'm choosing the history of opium as the jumping-off point to touch on topics that range from our relationship with pain, to the links between opium and war, to the history of intoxication, amongst others. This season, we're going to be looking at opium in one of three ways. Opium as a medicine, opium as a commodity that is traded, and opium as a drug that is consumed and people become addicted to. Each episode will have one of these three as the primary focus. If you want to get right to the history, feel free to jump to that episode, which is already out. Otherwise, stick around to hear why I'm doing this podcast, to hear some overall context on where this story ends, and to learn the difference between opium, opiates, and opioids. Also, I do just want to take a quick moment to acknowledge the realities of when I'm releasing this. I'm sure you don't need another reminder of the apocalypse that's happening and, you know, not to make light of anything, but it has been an intense and heavy time, and I don't think I have anything particularly unique to contribute to this topic, so I'm just going to go ahead and stick to the history of drugs in society, which is what I've been researching for over a year and a half. For me in general, this increased time of self-isolation or social distancing or whatever you want to call it... It's definitely been a weird one, and I'm sure it has been for everyone, and especially for those of us with mental health issues. This has definitely not been uh, the best thing for my depression, to put lightly. So I'm using my social distancing time to finally get this out there and just really put a deadline under myself to get some of my projects done that I've been meaning to for a while. I'm not as far as I want it to be when releasing this, but for the sake of my own mental health, I think it's important for me to just put it out there, commit to it, and stick to it at this point. 
This is a very weird time, and I know that the history of drugs might not be the most relaxing topic to be covering right now. For those of you who don't mind the topic but are interested in more timely questions, I am going to try to do at least one bonus episode on the coronavirus and its impact on opioid markets, both already witnessed impacts as well as potential impacts. But that doesn't really address the whole, you know, this is a heavy topic thing. So I totally get it if now isn't the time for you to enjoy this. I'll be here releasing these as part of my own escape from reality, so feel free to come back whenever it does feel more appropriate. I hope you and your loved ones are doing as well as can be, given the new reality that we're living in for now. There's really no great transition from talking about coronavirus to explaining why I'm doing this podcast in the first place. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and get back to podcast. A reasonable question at this point is to ask, well, who am I and why am I doing this? Or I guess if anything, you'd be asking, who are you and why are you doing this? But y- you get where I'm going. Admittedly, I'm no historian. My undergrad education was in finance with a double major in psychology, and I did my master's in public policy. And my career, at least prior to coming back from my master's in policy, was entirely focused on the financial services industry, so really nothing in there at all related to the history of drugs whatsoever. I was, for what it's worth, born in the former Soviet Union and grew up in New York City, so hearing stories of corruption or of the mafia was relatively normal growing up. My interest in the history of both was spurred from a very young age. Pursuing these interests, I've been reading books, watching documentaries or news, and listening to podcasts on the topic throughout my life. More recently, though, my intense deep dive really started while procrastinating homework in grad school, watching Narcos Mexico, and going down multiple wiki holes, or Wikipedia rabbit holes, trying to understand how the French Connection, which was epitomized by Gene Hackman in the movie by that title, how the French Connection got started in the first place. In case you're unfamiliar, the French connection referred to the opium supply from Southeast Asia through Corsica in France where it was processed into heroin and then sent on to New York. And that's an oversimplification of that supply chain, but we'll get into that later in the season. From there, I started reading about when opium was first grown in Southeast Asia, then in Asia as a whole, and then really just digging back to the first signs of opium's existence and usage. At the same time, living in America over the last 10 years, it's been pretty hard to miss what's been happening with drug overdoses. Addiction and mental health in general have been topics that have been very important to me due to my own struggles with depression throughout my life. I don't want to take us on too far of a tangent here, but the second half of my 20s was spent trying to create a framework to help define and refine my own purpose in life to help with my depression. Part of this has led me to think about how society got to be the way it is, what forces are actively changing it, and what tools we have at our disposal to preserve our mental health as we seek to figure out what the whole point of this journey is in the first place. The further I dug back into our relationship with opium and the origins of the current problems in the U.S., the more I realized it was a fascinating subset of history that encapsulated a lot of the dysfunctions in modern society from some of the origins of questionable medical practices, to crony capitalism, to the beginnings of addiction, there really is a lot to unpack from a history of a single plant. My main hope in making this podcast has been to present this history in a different way than it's usually talked about to show some of the additional complexities relating to the story. 
As of right now, I'm planning to do about 9 to 10 episodes in this season, starting with the origins of opium through the current issues with Opioids International. I'll be releasing an episode a month, and I'll try to add some extra bonus episodes along the way, especially at least one covering more recent events, maybe some interviews, or doing deep dives into specific books as I can. So let's get on to the context before we get on to the relevant terms. I think it's important to lay out the context of where this story ends, that is the current situation with the drug and opioid overdoses in the U.S., before we actually get into the history. According to the CDC, that's the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 702,000 people died from drug overdoses between 1999 and 2017. That's a staggering number. To put that in proportion, the U.S. lost just under 420,000 soldiers and civilians in World War II. Almost 68% of those overdose deaths involved opioids. And taking a step back and looking at usage globally, from 2016 to 2017, the number of people who tried opioids went up to a total of 53.4 million people, as per the UNODC, or the UN Office of Drugs and Crime. The U.S. uses the most in terms of the percentage of the population using opioids. That's 4% in the U.S., in case you're wondering. While South Asia is home to nearly half of the global user base. For a different point of comparison, let's go back to 2017. While over 70,000 people died of drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2017, that year over 40,000 people died of car accidents and over 15,500 people were killed by guns, excluding suicides. That means that over 15,000 more people died from drug overdoses than car accidents and guns combined. And up until nine or so years ago, car accidents would consistently kill more people than drug overdoses. Back in 1999, almost 17,000 people died from drug overdoses, and that number would go on to more than double by 2007 when it hit over 36,000 people. So that means that overdose deaths went from being roughly half of the amount of car-related deaths in 1999 to getting close to double that number in 2017. And at the end of the day, all of the stats in the world can't really impart the full scope of the situation. No matter how much I try to wrap my mind around it, all these stats just end up coming across as large numbers rather than the true collective impact of the personal toll. My hope in exploring the history will be to help color in some of the details of how we got to this current situation and what else we could learn about modern society from it so that we can hopefully chart a better path forward. Now let's get some terms out of the way so we can finally get to the history. You may have already noticed I've said opium and opioid. The opium poppy plant is called Papaver somniferum. Now this exact poppy does not grow in the wild, so it seems to be a product of human cultivation. One theory involves wild variations of the poppy, living alongside newly cultivated agricultural goods like wheat, and then cross-pollination happened and we got good old Papaver somniferum. Now, opium contains more than 20 different types of alkaloids, though the relevant ones for this journey being morphine, codeine, and thebane. Sometimes opium poppies were boiled or processed in different basic ways, but making incisions on the side to let the milky fluid flow out has been a technique that's been used for millennia. Once the fluid dries a bit to form a gum, it's collected and can be processed. Just so you know, if you hear me say the term opium latex at any point, opium latex, opium gum, 
those are interchangeable. So that latex can go through some basic processing to become smoking opium, or it can be chemically processed further to become morphine. So morphine is what's known as an opiate, which is a drug derived from opium. Opioids, in turn, are any substance that could be natural or synthetic that interact with the opioid receptors in our brain. So if you've heard of fentanyl, that's an opioid. And opioids are the catch-all of the three terms. Opioids are considered to be analgesics, or painkillers, and they're pretty darn good ones at that. Right from the start of the journey, we'll see the complexity of the question of how we as humans deal with pain. Pain itself has had religious, scientific, and even mystical lenses applied to it through different points in history. And so keep in mind these distinctions. Opium as a plant, opiates as things the plant is processed into, and opioids is the catch-all of anything that hits the relevant receptors in our brain as we go through the rest of the season. So with that, we are done with the overview. If you want to get started with the journey right away, the episode on the origin of opium as a medicine is already out. The episode on the beginnings of opium as a commodity will be out in no more than a month. And hopefully the extra episode on coronavirus and opioid markets will be out within a week or so. Thanks for taking the time to tune in. The History of Drugs and Society is written and produced by me, Eugene Leventhal. Credits on the music go to Blue Dot Sessions, and credit on the free audio used go to BBC Sound Effects, Splice Sound, and Kyle's. If you ever want to get in touch, feel free to reach out at historyofdis, that's historyofdrugsandsociety, at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, feel free to rate on iTunes and tell a friend. Otherwise, be well, and speak soon.